Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're glad you are. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us on a sunny afternoon here in South Mississippi. Opening segment of the show sponsored by a great place to call for your catering at your first homecoming outing at Southern Miss. Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They'll cater any event. Large or small, they do a first-rate job. The food is always fresh and delicious, and Justin and his guys are fantastic to deal with. So uh, when you've got an event coming up, make sure you include Dickie's Barbecue. All right, Kelly Center is going to join us later in the show. Uh, we've got to think what's going to be a really interesting uh, guest to start things out. Uh, coach Joey Hawkins is a legendary high school football coach and track coach in Mississippi. Now listen to this, 37 years of high school coaching, 16 state championships in track and field, five in football as a coach, and two as a player. So a total of uh, seven state football championships, five as a coach, 16 track and field championships. Nobody would know more about the transition from high school to college athletics and college athletics to other levels than Joey Hawkins. And, uh, Coach, thanks for coming on the show. Quite an impressive resume. Oh, what a pleasure. What a ple- Always a pleasure to be with you. All right, Coach, i got several things I want to ask you about. I, I want to talk to you about the transition from high school to college athletics, but I want to use this analogy. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching an interview with Justin Fields, the kid that comes out of Ohio State to play quarterback in the NFL. And he's talking about uh, his first experience in the NFL was he just didn't really see that much difference in the speed of the game between the NFL and what he saw at Ohio State. And then I happened to be watching last weekend when a Buffalo Bill linebacker got on him so quickly that he knocked his helmet completely off his head and, and pretty much knocked the kid unconscious. So it, it, it was clear to me that the speed of the NFL had caught up with Justin Fields. Earlier this week, we had a guest talking to us about Ty Keyes, who had come from Taylorsville to Southern Miss, and how this kid was improving every day but learning as he improves. So that made me want to ask you this question. How big a transition is it for a really good high school football player to make the transition to a team like Southern Miss or in case of the outstanding running back last year at Presbyterian Christian School, one of, one of your, old, uh, your coaching stints, uh, to make the transition to Louisiana Tech? Well, I'll tell you this. Marquis, start with Marquis Crosby first uh, He's one of the he was one of the better backs in the southeast, uh, and Louisiana Tech got a great find. The guy could carry, look he carried it fifty something times, two or three times for PCS. You know he can carry the ball twenty times in college, and I'm telling you, he stays basically injury free, and he's so tough. Uh, he's not a blazer, but uh, he can see the field and make cuts and uh, make plays for you as good as anybody. So I think he'll play some as a freshman. 
I, I believe that. And I, I kept up. Yeah, I was going to. In fact, I was going to read about him today and see if I could see anything. Now, Ty Keyes, you look at Ty Keyes, he's, he set about every record in Mississippi. He's been throwing the ball since the eighth grade in high school. So it's still a big difference. The main thing is reading coverages uh, because it's so much more complex in college. But talent-wise, Ty could come in and help them this year some way. I'm not saying he's a starter. But he's uh, not only a, a great player, he's a great young man, and he's got that it factor. So uh, he's pushing for that number two spot. And uh, if he does that, he's going to get the place on this year. And, Coach, is it not only a, a physical transformation you have to go through, but a lot of it, I, from what you just said, is mental? It's a different game that you have to learn in some respects? Well, it, yeah. And, you know, you, you look at Brett Favre. Red Favre, his dad let him throw the ball about six times a game, okay? He, so <laughs> when he gets to Southern Miss, he had one of the greatest arms, but nobody ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you take Ty Keyes, he's thrown thousands and thousands of passes in high school, so he's way up to speed than most quarterbacks who are in some type of one-game system, you know? So uh, I'm just telling you, every day Ty's going to get better and uh, – it, it, but but it's more mental than physical. Uh, they wouldn't sign you if you already didn't have a physical presence. Scale of one to ten, how big a signing was that for Southern Miss to get keys? Oh, I think it's incredible. I'm telling you, he's um, he was the best quarterback in Mississippi, and no doubt in my mind. And um, they've got a guy that's going to be there, be a leader. And if you redshirt him, that'll be fine too. That'll give him an extra four years. So. What they gonna do the right thing for Ty? But yes, that was a huge, huge sign for for Southern Miss. All right, look, get in here with Coach Joey Hawkins. Coach, uh, just a <clears throat> question to follow up on that: the mental aspect. What is what's harder for a for a quarterback? Uh, you know, the, the really three aspects we talked about: the speed of the game, reading defenses, picking up pressures. Or is it just kind of all together at once? Is there one thing harder for a freshman quarterback to uh, to to be able to transition? Well, you know, you've got you've got great talented quarterback. That's a good question. The main thing with a quarterback is can you can he see downfield with pressure coming, and that's the biggest key because these guys are two hundred eighty three hundred pounds, running four eight forty to run. I mean, I'm about but if you can see downfield and make decisions very quickly, and uh, mainly in college now they have so many checkdowns, you know, you're peeking deep, then you're looking for this, you're looking for this, and then, you know, you got a, basically a safety valve out there. And so that just comes with timing and a lot of, a lot of work. And, um, but but mainly, it's mainly the mental part. It's interesting you say that because first-round overall pick Trevor Lawrence was having the same problem with the Saints defense the other night, and you know he was an, an all-world college player. What is the uh, the easiest position in college football for someone that's coming up from high school to be able to plug and play immediately? That's a great question. Uh, I would probably say receiver. If you can run and catch, and you've got and you can separate, and you can stick your foot in the guy ground explode, that would be probably the best place to, to get an immediate start. And then, you know, you see a lot of freshman running backs come on the scene and get a lot of carries, too. You know, it's uh, that that is more physical part there. 
Yeah, it's it seems, you know, you look at what Frank Gore did last year, and of course, really the last really freshman, maybe Travinsky Mosley played a little bit, but, you know, Damian Fletcher came in and started lighting the world on fire. But I guess from a running back's perspective, it seems as if the uh, the pass block, you know, if they're going to be a three-down back or be in there on throwing downs, that's really takes a long time for uh, for a young back yeah. to pick up and learn how to pick up blitzes and, and rushers off the edge. That That's exactly right. You know, uh, you know, you want your back to be a really a three-dimensional player. You want to be able to, to run the ball and see creases and see daylight. And number two is catch the ball out of the backfield. But number three may be the most important because – uh, you've got to be able to block. You've got to be able to pick up. I mean, some uh, some sudden explosive, you know, stunts, and you've got to be ready to go. Coach, uh, look ahead just a little bit and and tell us what what do you think this could conceivably look like? A mature and ready tie keys at quarterback with Frank Gore Jr. in the backfield for Southern Miss. Um, that, that's going to be exciting, you know, and uh, you know, Southern. I mean. I just think this year, this is just my opinion. I think this is a year where they have a, an opportunity to make a big move to play for, for you know, the, a league championship. If they can stay healthy and stay together, I think uh, this year is big. You, you, I think they're one of the most veteran ball clubs out there. You think they're a dark horse in the uh, in the West of Conference USA? They're not getting a lot of publicity. They're they're being shown to be sort of middle of the pack. But you think maybe there's enough talent there for them to be the dark horse team in the league? Well, I'll tell you this: it'd be real simple. After South Alabama, y'all call me back up. I'll tell you. <laughs> That'll be a that, that's a great opening game, though, isn't it? And the Coach Hawkins to kind of analyze where you are a competitive game. But a game you do have a chance to go be competitive and win. Oh, exactly. Yes, this will tell us everything. I mean that that game was. I mean it's not like a one and ton or this is the game we have to win. But this will tell you after all the preparation because Coach Hall's done a phenomenal job. It will just tell you. I, I don't really care about the score or, or even how great we execute. But can we play four quarters with a commitment to excellence on every play? That's what I'm going to be looking for. All right, Coach, can you hang around? i got a few more things I'd like to talk to you about. I'm sure Luke does as well. Oh, sure, sure. All right. Joey Hawkins is with us right now, one of the legends of high school coaching in the state of Mississippi, also the host of Inside the Locker Room right here on this Super Talk station every Thursday night. We'll talk to him a little bit about that as well. And Everything aside, just a really good guy. More Joy Hawkins right after this on the Eagle Hour. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're glad you're with us. want to thank our good friends over at the, at Campus Bookmark for joining us, campusbookmark.net. A uh, great place to buy your Southern Miss apparel. We're going to get Kathleen on the show here, hopefully this week, and uh, we're going to tell you about all the great swag that's available for you right now if you're a Southern Miss fan. We're talking to uh, 
High school football coach legend Joey Hawkins, 16 track and field championship. They must have hated you. They must have gotten tired of seeing you show up at track meets, Coach. Well, you know, um, you know, track's kind of it's almost like a science. Uh, it took me a while to figure it all out. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like a chess game. I mean, you win you win track meets in the field events, and people don't realize that. You know, they're looking for the glamour races, maybe the four by one or the hundred. You know, but uh, I know two state championships I won, and I, I didn't qualify in the four by one hundred, four by two hundred, hundred or two hundred decks. But you won them all in the field. Uh, fields where you win. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And so I uh, started in 81, about 83. I said, if I'm going to stay in this business, I'm going to learn field events. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> you know? I mean, we were jumping off two feet. They'd go, wow. <laughs> We'd go to meet. They'd go scratch. they go, why? He says, you can't jump off two feet. You know, I didn't know, you know. So, But it didn't take me uh, mid-80s. I started learning everything. And then I had some great athletes through the years. And, right. you know, I made all my football players run track. And, uh yeah, I could do a workout for twenty five minutes and have them gone every day. Yeah, Coach, I'm I'm old enough to remember a guy that uh, that made the transformation from track and field to the NFL named Bob Bullet Hayes that played for the Dallas yeah. Cowboys, fastest man in the world at one point. Why do Why do you think we don't see more of that? Why Why do these you know, these enormous world-class sprinters with all this tremendous speed you really just don't see them transition a lot into football, do you? Yeah, well, well, some of them just don't like, uh, they don't like to get hit. Right. And that, that'd be number one. Number two, some of them don't have a skill set. I mean, they can fly, they're, they're explosive, but they can't cut or anything. They're just a one-dimensional direction guy. Right. Uh, but, but Bob Hayes made it. Richmond Flowers went mm-hmm. to the Cowboys. He's a great, you know, hurdler. Willie Galt was a you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's not many to transfer over. Well, look, when you get paid a lot of money and not get hit, you know, they say, well, Why get hit? I think I'm <laughs> Why get hit? Yeah. <laughs> I want to save a few minutes to talk to you about Indianola Academy because uh, you, uh, you you know a guy very well from there that now has four, count them, four Super Bowl rings. But before that, I wanted to get to this, and I think Luke had a question he wanted to ask you. Uh, we're all concerned, of course, about COVID 19 and its effect on high school sports uh, in the fall. How do you see that playing out, coach? Well, you know, it, you just don't, you can't gauge it, you know, and there's so much stuff out there, you know, you just really, it's uh, hard to get a true picture, um, but I, you know, it, it's a, you know, most, you know, I'm not taking away from it, it's just a serious deal here, but most kids do not get sick, and most of them don't get symptomatic, so it's just a hard judge of where to go, but, um, you know, you know. I'm just praying that we can have this season and everybody, you know, stays right. healthy and has just a great year. Right, Luke. You've got some updates in that respect, and something I think you wanted to ask, Coach. Yeah, we're getting ready uh, this coming Friday to start our football broadcasting on Super Talk Laurel. I'm going up to Madison Central. West Jones opens up at Madison Central, but two teams in our region, uh, Coach Hawkins, Wayne County, and Laurel, going virtual. And, of course, that means they have to forfeit the, really the next two weeks. And uh, I know our region is pretty stacked this year. But, you know, it's just got to be frustrating, you know, for head coaches not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing when they're going to get shut down. They've prepped for this whole year. And some of the guys that, you know, you talk to, how, how are guys handling? Are they basically saying it's out of our control, we're going to play when we can play? Or it just seems like it must be extremely frustrating to be prepping for a game and then to be shut down the next game and have to forfeit two games in a row. Oh. 
I'm telling you, if I was still coaching and I got shut down, I just don't know how I would handle it. You know, I, I, I think the Lord knew exactly what time for me to get out. But, yeah, it's just frustrating. You know, you, you put in all this work in the off season and in the spring and in summer workouts, and here you get ready for your season. Now you got to go virtual for a couple of weeks. You have to force a game. That's frustrating. But I'm just uh, I'm, I'm really thinking, though, we're going to get a, some good news here soon on this. Well, I, I think I there, sure, there is some sure indication, so. guys, that, that, that cases are, are slowly starting to trend downward again. And uh, some doctors that I've talked to sort of predicted that, you know, that they thought by the end of August, early September, we'd see this variant really trend down and maybe start to rapidly trend down. And so all three of us can hope that uh, that's the case for high school football. All right, Coach, you and I are from the same neck of the woods. You know, we, we've got a lot of friends and a lot of connections up at the Delta. You coached at Indianola Academy, Greenwood Pillow Academy, both schools I'm very familiar with. My wife's a graduate of Indianola Academy. You played football at Indianola Academy, and then you went back and you coached a couple of times. But you were telling me, and we've had this conversation earlier, when you were playing football, you had a defensive coordinator that went on to hook up with one of the most famous NFL coaches in league history and has four Super Bowl rings. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Parker. I, I get to talk to him. So he's been on our show on inside the locker room three or four times. He's uh, retired now, gracious guy. But when I was a sixth grader, he was a junior high assistant coach. And, you know, I mean, really, I mean, he was just a junior high assistant coach. Well, he just made up his mind. He said, I want to be the best in the classroom. He taught Mississippi history, and I want to be the best on the football field. So he started asking questions, and he bought us the next year of my seventh grade, in 1971, he bought us a universal weightlifting machine. He just started just learning every single thing about weightlifting. At that time, weightlifting was just starting. And within three years, he got a job with LSU. Then he went to South Carolina. Then he went with Bobby Knight in Indiana and did their football when Lee Corso and Bobby Knight were there. And he made it to the pros and was with Bill Parcell on three of the uh, championships, uh, Super Bowl championships, and won one with Gruden uh, the year he went to Tampa Bay. So uh, what a he's probably done more <laughs> in his coaching career for his uh, accomplishments than any person, Johnny Parker. How you like that, Luke? Assistant? Junior high coach at Indianola Academy to four Super Bowl rings in one career. The, what's the uh, the exponential pay raise percentage rate on that between you know in three years? You know how did he did he not just double his salary? Did he quadruple it? And and that's the other question, Joey. Did y'all get any return off of that? Well, you know what was amazing. I I guarantee you when he left Indianola Academy in '73, he was making. You remember this now? He was making less than ten thousand dollars. Less than ten thousand, so he probably his first gig he probably got thirty, so he tripled it. But uh, he's got a pension now. Uh, he got his NFL pension. I think that's two hundred five thousand dollars a year plus extra. He, he's doing good. Yeah, he made more than a year's salary just in his playoff money a few of those years, Coach. When they, when, oh, it, no when it was in high school, yeah. I mean, he started out. I mean, he was. His first contract, you know, I guarantee you, was $5,000 or less. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and uh, he's got them four Super Bowl rings, and, 
every once in a while, tell me to put them on, and I'll take a picture of them and take a picture of them and send them to me. You know, so. Uh, but uh, I don't even know. All right, so you were at Indianola Academy, Greenwood Pillow Academy, two fine schools up in the Delta, probably the two leading private schools in that whole region of the state. Woodward Hills, Jackson Academy, JA, for 16 years, and then at yep. PCS here in Hattiesburg uh, for 10 years. So what a great career. Do you, do you often – you often think back on individual games or individual nights or track meets, or uh, do you just collectively think about the wonderful career that you had? Yeah, you know, it's really weird. You know, I, I thought, you know, once I, I, I sweat more, but I'm doing so many other things I like to do. When you're coaching, you're just one-dimensional. <laughs> you live there all day, and you come home, eat, and you go back and live. So I've been able to do some other things, and um, – but, I, you know, I'm just thankful. Uh, I was blessed. I'm telling you, just about every place I, I, was, I was located, we had talent. And you mm-hmm. don't win games without talent. I don't care how good you coach. Mm-hmm. Players, what do, does this thing? You know, you got them. So I, I, I was blessed almost everywhere, I, you know, I coached. Yeah. And, and we mutually know one of the finest human beings to ever walk the earth, Dr. Walter Rose in Indianola, Mississippi. Am I right about that? Yes, Dr. Walter Rose. Him and my dad uh, still living. They're, they're both 88, to 89 years old. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the great men I've known in my life. And I say oh, that with, without amazing. reservation. Just an amazing and you know human Dr. being. you know Dr. Neil Hurt, who worked with him for years and years. Right. He's 93 and still doing well. Right, just just wonderful, wonderful people up in the Delta. Am I right about that, Coach Hawkins? Oh yeah, you, it's a, it's some wonderful people. You're right, Bob. All right, uh, inside the locker room uh, Thursday night, real quickly, who are your guests? We got Grant Taft, the legendary coach at Baylor, who was over, you know, the uh, the whole uh, college, you know, uh, players, you know, for years. Right, and amazing guy, he's eighty-seven. And I'm telling you, you got to listen to him. He talks and acts like he's 37 still. All right. That's uh, Thursday night, 6 o'clock. Coach Hawkins, always a pleasure talking to you. You're always welcome on the Eagle Hour. Hey, thank you all, Ben. I've got a great show, and I appreciate you asking me on. All right. Joey Hawkins, everybody. One of the real legends of high school coaching in Mississippi. Great show, too, every Thursday night. You can hear it on the Super Talk Hattiesburg, supertalklaurel.com. Also on both stations here at Laurel and Hattiesburg. Thursday nights at 6, inside the locker room, Joey Hawkins and Neville Barr will be back. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Joey Hawkins, Coach Joey Hawkins joining us. You can catch him and Neville Barr inside the locker room Thursday nights on Super Talk Hattiesburg, Super Talk Laurel at 6 p.m. Appreciate his insight today on the Eagle Hour third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. It was a country fried steak Wednesday, corn, rice, tomato gravy, and biscuits. They want you to come in and you can receive a free gift during happy hour because today is James Bond Day. So if you go into 4th Street Bar and Grill and answer five James Bond questions, you can receive a free gift. First five people in there today. So uh, go in there and 
if you know all about James Bond and 007, 4th Street Bar and Grill holding that today. Uh, Kelly Center might be uh, might be mysterious like James Bond. Also, he joins us now on the phone. Uh, are you a, are you as big as with Bond trivia, Kelly, as uh, you are with like Mississippi high school mascots? No, I. In fact, I don't. I'm not sure. And I know this is going to be like sacrilege, Luke, but I'm not sure that I have ever seen. Come on, James Kelly. Bond. Come on. Seriously. Come on, man. Seriously, I I never saw any of the James Bond movies in. Um, and I never saw any of the Pink Panther movies, you know, that were so popular back in the. Never the seen a James Bond movie. No, no, I haven't. I, I just doesn't. I don't know. But you've seen all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, and I'm yeah, and I've seen some other. And I've seen a series of. Oh, other right, okay, movies. okay, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of them. I know that. Yeah. All right, have you got any news today, sir? Well, indeed, the Conference USA has announced that it is moving its conference championship football game up a day. It was originally scheduled for the first Saturday in December, uh, 7 o'clock kickoff time. But then when they looked at the schedule of other conferences and saw that the SEC is going to be having its championship game at exactly the same time, the powers that be at Conference USA put their heads together and said, hmm, maybe we ought to move it. Yeah. So that is exactly what they've done. Just one day earlier, it will be the first Friday. Now, the first Friday in December at 7 o'clock Central Time for whoever gets to be lucky enough to uh, be in the Conference USA Championship game. Meanwhile, Will Hall and his football Eagles continue to get ready for their opener a week from Saturday. Competition Tuesday, as he calls it yesterday. Uh, team guys are getting a little bit closer to being named starters. One has been named a starter. Bourgeois will return as the, the place kicker. Brooks was the place kicker last year and will and has won that job again this year. It looks like as far as the backup goes for the quarterback position, it looks like the, the youngster out of Taylorsville uh, gets the nod over T. Webb at this point. Still have about a you know, week and a half to go. but And, and there is quite a drop-off from Trey Lowe to uh, the backups, but Right now, it looks like uh, that's the way that is going to shake out. So guys are, are getting closer and closer to be naming starters, but it, you, you would certainly think that that will be the case. Otherwise, Will Hall would not have said anything at all as far as his, uh, as far as his competition Tuesday goes. And J.B. Middleton, a pitcher out of Benton Academy, has announced on social media that he is formally committing to the Southern Miss baseball team and coach Scott Berry. Middleton was a travel baseball player with the Beach, the Snowpeck Baseball Group Sox in the Jackson area and announced again that he will be headed to Southern Miss. He's a class of 2022 guys, so he's a senior and will be getting on board sooner rather than later. So that's a little bit about a lot of things around Hattiesburg and Southern Miss. Hmm. Well, they keep signing those pitchers. I guess you can never have too many, right? No, and, and the way that the, the pitchers – pitchers are kind of the running backs of football. You know, people say you can never have too many running backs. Uh, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater, a former Saints uh, quarterback, was officially named the starter today by the Denver Broncos. But, but the pitchers are kind of like running backs in that they – it used to be the Tommy John surgery, the UCL, the, the torn UCL would happen every once in a while. But now it seems – with all the travel ball and the use of, 
of the arms as these kids are growing up. It seems now it's not a matter of whether a guy is going to have Tommy John. It's just a matter of when. Right. So, And, of course, even as good as guys do rehabbing these days, it takes time, usually you know, 9 to 12 months to get to fully be recovered from UCL surgery now. So you can never have too many pitchers. And Southern Miss certainly seems to be stocking up on them. But that's good news for the consistency and future of the program. All right, Luke, you keep up with the New Orleans Saints more than Kelly and I. Why did they let go of Bridgewater? He played really, really well when he had to step in for the Saints. And it would have seemed to me that they had a solid quarterback for the future in Bridgewater. I think he's a good player. Well, I mean, the other question was, why did you let him go to to the Panthers? But, of course, they had, um, you know, they what they did to replace Bridgewater was they signed Winston. He was going to cost them less money. Didn't know what Taysom Hill would develop like. You still had Drew for one more season, and so that's why they, they did that. And apparently, I mean, Bridgewater didn't stay with the Panthers. They got Sam Darnold, and then, you know, he goes out. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's efficient. He's never going to you know, put the weight of the world on his on his shoulders and and win. But, you know, particularly that, you know, four or five-game series, he was doing that. If anybody else had Michael Michael Thomas catching the ball and handing it off to Alvin Kamara, I mean, they might go 4-0 and too. So, Bridgewater's, you know, he's, he's fine. But, I mean, I don't think he's the long-term answer in Denver by, by any means at all. Hmm. Well, he's gone now. So, uh, I, think, I think we decided saved, yesterday who the Saints quarterback is. Yeah, I mean, he, and the reason for that was they grabbed they, they got Jameis Winston for a million dollars last year. I mean, you're talking about a former first round pick who the year before threw five thousand yards. I know the thirty picks, but I mean that's a, that is a that is a bargain deal anywhere. Versus having to pay Bridgewater, you know, a, a probably you know a one B type of salary where you know he was going to get slower but but starter money in the NFL and they didn't have to do that and they just go out and, and they're able to afford other things because they pay James a million. Are you well, sub- Luke, Go ahead. If, if, if Bridgewater if Bridgewater is a deal at 1 million, what would you call Bob Getty for what they're paying Winston. him at Supertalk? Winston. Yeah, if if Winston is is a Good deal at one million. What would you consider Bob Getty? It's, deal? it's not Getty. It's not Getty. It's Sanner and Johnson. That, that's it's, that's it's, the it's like deal one of those of the blue light specials they used to have at the Kmart. Kelly, you're probably old enough to remember that. The blue lights. The blue light yeah. specials. Yeah, yeah. So, Luke, you watched the game the other night, and I, I really thought the kid from Clemson looked like a rookie. But they, he's he's named the starter today over Garner Minshew. That surprise you? Not really. Um, I mean, Minshew is uh, has performed. He doesn't light the world on fire, but he's a hard worker. But it would have to be really, really hard for Urban Meyer to not, you know, start the the number one overall pick. You 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 draft that guy there because he's going to play. Um, and you know, I, I've been wondering why, and I know Carson Wentz kind of got got moved up a little bit, but I was wondering why, like the the Colts or somebody didn't go after um, didn't go after Minshew. I mean, I would have been, you know, I would have in the right in the right offense where he doesn't have to carry the weight of the offense and he has playmakers around him. He can be really good. I mean, really, really good. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me if you're Urban Meyer, you got to do that. And one of the reasons why Lawrence struggled so much the other night too was the Saints were bringing heat. 
and they were they were dialing it up. They were confusing him. You you saw him check down a lot, and that's just the the, the speed was kind of overwhelming him. Yeah, Kelly, there was a time in the NFL it didn't matter if you were a number one draft choice. You know, if you came in as a quarterback, you were going to sit for a year or two. But I, I guess those days are over like so many other things have changed in sports. Well, unfortunately, if you're a Bengal quarterback, you're sitting even when you're playing. Correct. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about sitting on the bench, not laying flat oh, of your oh, back, looking up at oh. the lights in the stadium. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was a little bit confused there. <laughs> You're right, Bob. Hey, on a different note, you guys, I'm hearing word out of uh, out of Mobile that there is a distinct possibility that that game, that first game with South Allen, Southern Miss sells out. Really? Next Saturday. The, the response is, well, the play, it seats, um, it's a brand new stadium down there. Parking is going to be a problem. All right, not a lot of parking. Uh, but, you know, so what else is new at other college campuses across the country, including our own beloved Southern Miss where parking continues to be a problem, but it seats just a little under 26,000 mm-hmm. there at South Al. And, and what is surprising officials at South Alabama, get this, is the response from Southern Miss fans wanting additional tickets. Well, good. From ones that were, that were allotted. So that, that game, if it sells out, it would, a lot of that would be attributed to a response from Southern Miss fans just as much as South Alabama. But wouldn't that be something, and wouldn't it be a feather in the cap for both schools to be able to sell it out uh, week one? Now, I know it's 26000 but look, a sellout is a sellout, and it sure looks good on TV when that happens. Yeah, well, not, not long off. Uh, we all can't wait. And uh, if you can't get a ticket, I think you can watch it on TV, can you not, Luke? Where is it going to be broadcasted? I will let you know after this break because the music just started. All right, here we go. More Eagle Hour coming up. Stay with us. segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg. Great place to go. Labor Day camp coming up. You can uh, go to dbathattiesburg.com, check it out. DBAT D1, home of Luke Johnson. 5-2-40, they can make it happen for you, too. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly Center joins us on the phone. Bob, to answer that question, with only 10 days away from the uh, opening game, 7 p.m. in Mobile, it will be on ESPN Plus. 
Nine of the 12 games right now will be on ESPN Network, so that's probably going to be ESPN3 or ESPN+. Plus. But the Mobile, or the game in Mobile against South Alabama, 7 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Alabama's a TBA game. You'd expect that to maybe be SEC Network or, um, or maybe ESPN2 like it was a few years ago. The October 16th game, home against UAB, will be on Stadium. And then at Louisiana Tech on November 19th, that will be on CBS Sports Network. But apart from those three games, and basically the Alabama game would be included. So nine for sure, probably ten on the ESPN networks. Old debate, fellas, but doesn't that just make it harder and harder and harder to sell tickets? I don't think it does. No? Uh, I, I don't think it does because the casual... I think one thing that the marketing department at Southern Miss has learned over the years is that the casual fan just is exactly that. And they don't appear to ever be anything more than that as a mm-hmm. casual fan. And they're not gonna go they're not gonna go to the game anyway. Now, it might help T V ratings, but I don't think it's going to hurt as far as ticket sales go. I think your hardcore fans are gonna go no matter what. And as evidenced by the fact of season ticket sales being, you know, highest they've ever been, the youth movement, if you will, on the coaching staff with the them vigor and vitality that Will Hall has shown he seems to be igniting uh, younger fans, you know, to, to buy season tickets and to right. get on board. And that's necessary, and that's a good thing. Luke, when they talk about ticket sales, are they including students? Because students, am I wrong about this? You just show your ID and you get in. So technically students don't have to buy tickets. Well, I mean, but it's included. I think it's like some type of athletic fee that's included in their tuition package. Uh, I, I do think that they get something off of that. But, yeah, when you're talking about season ticket holders, and, and the big thing was, you know, they had all these new season ticket holders, which is basically people that are brand new or haven't, you know, bought in maybe four or five years. I don't know the exact number on it. But students do contribute something to athletics. It's in their tuition when they pay it, and that's why they can just flash their ID. I got you. Well, let's hope there's a lot of students because I just think, guys, that really makes or breaks the atmosphere of football games. If you, if your student section is filled up and they're rowdy and lubed up and ready to go, it just enhances the, the entire atmosphere of the game. And, of course, this when, this when Southern Miss opens at home on September 11th against Grambling, it's, they, they keep talking about making it more than just a game but making it an event. You know, making it something that the whole family can enjoy, that it can, it can make it an all-day event. And, of course, Adam Doliak will be performing there in Spirit Park, you know, starting, I think, at, uh, at 3 o'clock, and then the Eagle Walk at, at 4 o'clock. And they're strategically, um, you know, setting events and having events leading up to the actual kickoff so that you can make it a, uh, a family-friendly day. And even if you don't necessarily get to the game, if the kids have got to go home to bed or whatever, at least you can be out on campus enjoying the festivities and perhaps cultivating future Golden Eagle fans, which are every bit as important as current fans because you've got to keep making new fans for the future. Now, guys, I was gone last week. Uh, I was in Florida when you guys had – I understand you had somebody from the band on. Did they confirm that the Dixie Darlings will be back? Yes. Wonderful. That's great yeah, news. They, That's a victory. Yeah. And and because we had um, two or three people from either Dixie Darlings, cheerleaders, and the Pride of Mississippi, every single one of those people, Bob, observed and critiqued Kelly's Dixie Darling uh, arm-waving Oh, did abilities. they? Did they? And what was the verdict? 
I've got a bad case of sagging elbows. <laughs> Don't you wish that was all that was sagging, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So, I, you know, my elbows, I have to, so that when I, <sighs> you have to have your thumbs be able to touch your shoulders. And, and that, that's harder than you think. You know, lifting lift your arms. You know, well, I'm high. glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Your that's a great tradition. touching your shoulders? Kelly, that's that not what you're really saying? hard. I just did that. That's not much. I'm doing it right that. now. So like, am I, Over Kelly. and over again. So am I, Kelly. Yeah, but it's, but, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me, you know? <laughs> I but, think uh, it is. I think that's a safe assumption. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, I think that's a victory for everybody that loves the old traditions at Southern Miss. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with tradition. And every no. tradition doesn't have to disappear. So uh, right. I'm very happy to hear that the Dixie Darlings will be back. And, Bob, when we talked to them last week, the very first young lady, the very first golden spirit that was ever named is living in Florida. She's 87 years old, and she's coming back for homecoming this year. Still still Great. very um, vibrant and Great. Full, of, full of life. I think she'd be a great guest. Yeah, no question. All right, awesome. the guys will be hey, in Bob. some more. Go ahead. Real quick, go Real ahead. Real quick, one of our one of our favorite listeners, best listeners, Jeffrey Holifield. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Jeffrey. You listen to the Eagle Hour every single day. Happy birthday, dude. Absolutely. We're glad you do, my friend. All right, the guys at Ramey Motors in Purvis tomorrow, Jim Kitchens, a former tight end, will be our guest. J.D. Byers from South Alabama Monday. Lee Roberts returns on Tuesday starting next week. Lots of reasons to listen to the Eagle Hour, and we hope you will. Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.